This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. Hello. And this week we are talking about the Marvels. The Marvels, yeah. So if you haven't seen our episode on Captain Marvel, we both liked it as well. We gave it a 7 out of 10. But the problem is, is that was in 2019. Now this is 2023. And... <laughs> We've gotten a lot of Marvel content during that time. More movies, more TV shows, and all that jazz, really. When you get to a certain point in the franchise, I mean, this is the fatigue. There is a fatigue that I think we probably said about Marvel fatigue. You know, you've been through many shows and many movies, and you feel like, oh, God, I don't know what's happening. And now we're here to talk about the Marvels. Before spoilers, let's just get our general thoughts out. I think that Marvel fatigue is quite relevant when talking about this movie because not only have we had a lot of Marvel since the first movie, but since 2019, we have had more Marvel in the last three years than we have had in the previous 10 or 11. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. With all of the TV shows, especially, the runtime begins to kind of rack up. And it just feels like more often than not these days, we come to a Marvel project and it's just depressing it because depressing. it doesn't bring anything new to the table. It doesn't wow in any certain factor. I think the yeah. first Captain Marvel, as you say, you know, it was good, but it's nothing hugely special. But yeah, yeah. I felt optimistic about this movie. And then after seeing the movie, I'm kind of like, oh, it was just another generic Marvel, I mean, it certainly wasn't atrocious. It's nothing, you know, when we compare it to other Marvel things this year, it's not as bad as Quantumania or Secret Invasion, but it's still not great, I didn't think. It's something. A lot of superhero films came out this year. So some really good ones, some bad ones, which we won't talk about because we'll go around, we'll go just a tangent, we'll go to a tangent, we'll just talk about it for half an hour and realise, oh, we're supposed to talk about the Marvels. Yeah, I do think that, unfortunately, although we've had so many comic book movies this year, this one, it does kind of fit into that lower half. But yeah, full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, the Marvels, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the Supreme Intelligence. However, unintended consequences see her shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe when her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole. Linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with two other superheroes to form the Marvels. Right, yeah. okay. An interesting plot summary there. What do you think? Okay, so I had a bit of a recency bias. You were texting me, you were like, what do you think of it? I was like, I liked it. But then I realized mm. the more of the things I was like, oh, no, this is... <sighs> it's not something that... Okay, first of all, the problem with this film is that it's an hour and 45 minutes. And I don't see that as a problem. There's animated films that are like that or films that reach that time. But then once I realize this is Marvel, you know, like Marvel has a lot of setup to do with these characters or set up to realize that there are relationships to be formed with these characters like friendships as well or backstories. The problem with this is that the film was getting a lot of setup 
from two other things. Now, that can be a problem when you haven't seen the Miss Marvel show or WandaVision show, because there's some important plot points to think about as well, like, oh, Captain Marvel has a bit of a presence in that show, you know, like how they influence Miss Marvel and Monica as well. If you haven't seen those shows, you feel a bit, oh, I don't know what's happening. And the film does that a lot of the setup with like trying to tell, you know, how they got these powers and stuff. And again, this is the problem with the first film is that the film does have a bit of emotional weight, but they don't do it exactly right. Like they don't put emotional weight on these characters. There were some really good ones in this film, some really good scenes, but no, overall, I just felt like there wasn't enough time. If it was longer to explore more this friendship between Carol, Monica and Kamala, it was just very difficult for me. I was just trying to like get the vibe for it. I mean, overall, the film had a nice vibe, but no, it just didn't really work for me that. Yeah, we needed more time. And you're right. There's nothing wrong with 100 minutes in a runtime. Just this week, I have seen two fantastic movies that are both 90 minutes, and that format can obviously work. But when you're trying to do so much, when you have three protagonists and a whole galaxy-spanning thing, then it's just like, okay, we've got a lot of ground to cover here. And maybe you do need those extra 20 minutes, half an hour, because I do think that you're right, there's a lot here that we can flesh out and should be fleshed out. The movie does... A couple of times, a couple of like expositional recaps, one of the first scenes, we just basically recap the entirety of the first movie. And it's like, I feel like either you're going to completely explain everything to the audience from the last movie and these two TV shows, or you're going to trust them to understand all the clues that we need. And I, I, I don't think audiences are idiots. I think that they, they will either remember or they will figure it out from the emotional stakes and the context clues. I feel like that was in enough. We didn't need to spend more time on recapping what came before because yeah. it hits the ground running and it doesn't stop. In one way, it's mercifully short. The pacing is good. It does have moments where it can take a breath, but also it doesn't really feel like it's ever too slow or too fast. And so on the one hand, it does kind of you know use its time wisely, but on the other hand, there's just not enough time to be used wisely. Yeah. There are so few scenes, as you said, where things can take a breather and people can talk about things. There's one scene which I found really frustrating where we're in the middle of a battle on this water planet and the marvels all get thrown through a jump point into a planet of wheat fields and we never find out what happens to the water planet we're just supposed to assume that everybody there died and that the villains won and then they just kind of stand and talk about their feelings for a little bit but in no meaningful way they're just kind of like hey i'm sorry uh i'm sorry too and it's like it just feels like really surface level and there's nothing really there that can mm. make me connect to these characters. There's a moment literally where Valkyrie from the Thor movie shows oh, up yeah. for literally two seconds. It's so forgettable. And she shows up and she's like, hey, Carol, you can stand tall while working with other people, you know? And it's like, okay, are we setting up the fact that Carol wants to work alone? That is literally not a part of the movie at all. They just set up these themes that really go nowhere and like that scene in particular just felt like an excuse to have a cameo show up. But it all just feels so surface level and there's nothing to it. I can understand why this movie hasn't really been received well because anything interesting that could be explored is wasted. There's a really interesting concept in the film. The Marvels, whenever they use the powers at the same time, they swap places. And seeing that for the first time in the trailers, I was just like, yo, this is great. 
We've had so many Marvel films and he had so many formulaic and generic stories and doesn't bring any new concepts. In the past, it did. But no, not now. It's just like, uh, okay. But there's some really good fight scenes that I really like, you know, when they swap places and a good montage as well, like when they're trying to train each other, you know, trying to swap places. But then again, they don't really explore new concepts, but they do sometimes in this film. There was a musical bit, and there was one moment where there was these kittens. Goose laid eggs, and there was these kittens, and these are kitten flurkins. And Fury thought, while the Saber Space Station has been not working by this whole event caused by Darben, and Fury thought, you know what, let's get everyone get eaten by the flurkins. <laughs> There's a whole crazy bit. And I felt like this is like a fever dream for me. Like I was just still in the cinema. I was just, what, what is this? And there's these lurking kittens just eating everybody up. And I was just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, I was just sitting there and I was like, I don't know what they're going for here, but this I'm... is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, and they're playing memory from cats. Like, come on. I bet you were come so excited, on. Tom. I bet you were so excited. You I was like, li- I, as a... <laughs> off cats. Oh my God. As a cat's stan, I was like, yes, <laughs> finally, the cat's representation that I have been longing for. Oh my but God. But it, it is weird. You have these different modes throughout the movie where it's like they're going for different things at all different moments. One thing that I was really hopeful for, I, I said this at the end of our Captain Marvel review, was I was hoping that this movie would have more style than the first movie. I was hoping that Nia DaCosta would bring something interesting. And she kind of does. There are some scenes where it's really interesting. Like there's a scene that they released online where they did this really nice like dolly zoom. That really works as you said there are some really good moments where they are all switching and and you're right that's an interesting concept they use that really really well for some really exciting sequences i think that you know the action in this movie is pretty good maybe it's sometimes a little bit over edited but yeah i mean i would say the best scene in the movie is the montage scene where they're all learning to use each other's powers like that is a great scene they are all bonding it's all got a lot of energy it's funny you can see them all steadying their powers in these really fun ways and the chemistry of the cast are all bouncing off each other i thought that was a really good scene i wanted more of that i wanted more of like a believable genuine connection between these characters because whenever they stop and they talk to each other it doesn't feel genuine it doesn't feel real it feels artificially written and we have a great cast here i think all of the other actors in this movie have proved themselves in other movies obviously iman valali is fantastic as kamala khan and same goes for tiana paris and brie larson and they all work really well together i think iman valali is probably the standout but they do all really go well together and i think it's frustrating that at the same time it feels so emotionally hollow for half of it and the musical planet was such a disappointment i'm a huge fan of musicals and Same. if you're going to do two musical sequences, I want the cinematography Where's the dancing? to be... Where's the dancing? Yes, musicals? exactly. I want the cinematography to be popping off. I want sweeping motions and wide shots. And that dream montages. Of Where are the musical dream montages? Like, it can go crazier. Like, you know, like, yeah. rather than just singing, just generically dancing around. Like, come on, where's yeah, the like, come where's on. the tap dancing? Where's everything, you know, that musicals are supposed to be? Marvel, you have a chance to hire really talented songwriters. Yeah, make... hire them. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, make some 
bangers that we want to listen to, that we want to open up Spotify and we want to download those songs and we want to just listen to them again and again. But we have two songs here that are just kind of really generic, just bits of dialogue, but sung. Like there's a theoretically really good bit where they are walking through the town and they all kind of start dancing along. And and you can see that like, you know, Monica and Kamala are, in, are enjoying themselves and they could have done so much of that and they just kind of don't. Yeah. And then we forget about the water planet. Exactly. It, but... <laughs> it then just disappears. It's like, okay. Guys, like, come th- th- this movie again. We have so little time, but it does so oh much hopping God. around. At one point, we're on the scroll planet, and then we're on the water planet, and then we're back to Earth. It's just like we're hopping around so much, and I just don't feel like they do it in a way that makes any of it leave a real impact. When you compare that to other space movies in the MCU, particularly the Guardians movies, which I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't agree with the notion that the Guardians movies are the best movies in the MCU. I feel like there are so many more memorable sequences in in those movies. And I feel like that's purely because they they give them more time. They pace it better. Even though, as I said, the pacing isn't bad. The time is all off. And it's just very jarring to go from one place to another because you're trying to get the feel what this film is trying to do, what exactly is trying to tell. For like scenes, you know, like if you're trying to enjoy a scene, but it just goes away very quickly. Again, it's time. And another problem for me was... This was so annoying because I thought for this whole bit for Captain Marvel, from the first film, she was planning to go against the Great Intelligence and Harley. And I thought that's going to be a setup for Captain Marvel too, you know, like that focuses on her journey. But that is all just shown in the flashback with Darben on Harley when Carol just destroys the intelligence and that's it i thought oh she just did that in, in that backstory what happened and to jude law what happened to jude law where's he going where's my boy where's my boy young <laughs> young rock no <laughs> and yeah he oh my god yeah it just didn't feel right i i just thought oh really the whole setup for carol in that great scene when she goes against the intelligence and then I thought there would be a whole journey for that when she goes against the great intelligence in that. But no, she just waltz in and destroys it. And there's a whole villain that is created, Darben. Man, I was just so disappointed because I thought that was going to be a whole setup for a different movie because I thought this was like a bigger villain that we ever imagined. But no, that is just something that just leaves Hala in this desolate, broken place. But I mean, again, it kind of justifies what Darben is feeling, but it's very two-dimensional in a way of like it doesn't give any emotional weight again time you could have done some more with time to explore with Darben how it make it really emotional you bring up something about setup there I want to get back to that because I think that this movie has a lot to say about setup we will get back to that but I want to just say the character arcs in this movie are wafer thin a stiff breeze would blow those over Carol's arc in this movie is exactly the same as in the first one the, the whole idea that she's got these memories that she has like suppressed and she needs to over come them and realize that oh no actually she is a worthy person for herself and they kind of try to spin it and they and they say well maybe she kind of went too far and she shouldn't have acted without thinking and without understanding the consequences which kind of undercuts what she learned in the first one about the kree scroll war and you know the good sides and the bad sides like you know we could be arguing here that there's more nuance to that and we could be exploring this idea that she became this annihilator 
But we don't really do that. We don't really get much about that. Like, and it's yeah. the same for Monica. Monica's whole thing is that she dislikes Captain Marvel, and then they get over it, you know, fairly fast. And you know, it, it it doesn't really ever become a problem. And then with Kamala, she doesn't really have an arc. The closest you get is that her mum's like, "Hey, Kamala." I accept that you're a superhero. And it's like, well, she already had that in the TV show. We did this already. These are just very slight variations of what we've seen before and nothing really new. Like, come on. There's a really interesting scene after the Skrull refugee place gets destroyed. Kamala is feeling really down. And at least to me, it seemed like she was second guessing what she saw in Captain Marvel. She's not this perfect hero. She actually might be a flawed human. Let's explore that. That's really interesting. But we just don't do anything with that. And then you have the villain who, again, is just like surface level she's a b-tech ronin basically yeah again we keep coming back to setup it tries to do setup it tries to do that with kamala you know she realizes is she really a superhero but then it's just like it's just the first arcs that we've ever been to and it's just again yeah it just feels really artificial it's just surface level you just don't really get an idea of what's at stake there's nothing really at all throughout this film it's just very formulaic the more i think about it i just feel a bit like oh great they could have done something they could have done more exploration with these characters and how they feel there are even scenes from the trailers that weren't in the movie i don't think this is like a snyder cut situation but at the same time there was more there that we had to explore there's more that they shot and it's like what did you cut it for the runtime like what why have you done this it feels like so much of this movie so much of his identity is taken away like it feels like nia da costa brought some really interesting stuff to this and it was just kind of watered down for the sake of I don't even know what, but it's like, it's like the first film had a really unique identity with this dry humor about it. Something that's not the same kind of comedy as the rest of the MCU. But this movie, it just kind of goes to the, what the rest of the MCU is, like this kind of like fourth wall breaking, goofy humor. Like Nick Fury in this movie, it's very he's just giant. like a funny guy. Yeah, he's not in Secret not Invasion. All the... to this. Yeah, right. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not at all the same person that we see in Secret <laughs> Invasion or indeed a lot of the other MCU movies. He's uh, just kind of so like jarring. a jokes machine being like, oh my God, this is so wacky. And Kamala, as much as I enjoyed her character, she again just feels a lot like MCU Spider-Man and the fact that the whole time she's just kind of freaking out and fangirling and it's just like it's it's very jarring from Miss Marvel because she's a completely different character she's she's a lot more matured it's interesting because I remember when they made Multiverse of Madness they were working on that film before WandaVision was out some of the people who worked on that movie hadn't seen WandaVision and so therefore you kind of feel a difference in Wanda's arc when it comes to WandaVision and also Multiverse of Madness same for this movie it feels like people haven't watched Miss Marvel and WandaVision and so therefore it removes a lot of the nuance to their arcs and it's frustrating because the movie just does the bare minimum it's another one of those mcu movies where we're talking about a lot of the negatives here but it's more just missed opportunities it's more just the fact that they could have done a lot with all these different pieces but they don't and so my problem here is the fact that they had a really really great premise and really cool ideas and really good scenes throughout the movie but it all just comes together to make nothing really I just don't know where we're going with Marvel right now. I genuinely think we're in trouble. It's funny, on the same day we get the Marvels and also the Loki season two finale, and we're going to talk about this next week, but the Loki season two finale was awesome. And it's just like, I don't know where we're going. I don't know, it doesn't feel like there's any cohesion in any of the projects. So many of the projects these days are feeling so underwhelming and like missed opportunities and just not very good at all. 
it's losing a lot of that magic. And I just don't really know where we go from here. A lot of the movies recently got pushed back. We have one MCU movie next year and it's Deadpool 3, which just seems to be another cameo um. fest. It doesn't seem to be focused on any of the emotions from the other Deadpool movies, which I would always say are the strongest part of those movies. Let me tell you, Deadpool 2 had a lot more emotions and at stake as well, exploring Deadpool and Cable, this relationship, you know, what they like. And this film was just so emotionally hollow. The heart of the Deadpool movies is the side characters, you know, Vanessa and his friends, the people who kind of like stick by him and who he fights for. And it seems like a lot of those side characters aren't even going to be in the third one. It doesn't really care about doing anything other than cameos. The Marvels has the same issue. We get three, maybe you could argue four major cameos in this movie and none of them really mean anything. Can we talk a little bit about the ending of this movie with Kate Bishop? Just what is the point? Again, you need to watch another show, entirely <laughs> another show. Hawkeye is actually great, by the way. It's it's good. It's, it's a bit of a banger. But yeah, again, Hawkeye's awesome. You need to watch that show. At the end, if people haven't seen Hawkeye, and they're like, oh, who's this? Who's Kate Bishop? And I was like, yay, it's Kate Bishop. But then I realized, oh, what if people haven't, you don't realize her in the first time in the cinema and then just realize, oh, I haven't watched Hawkeye. And, uh, yeah. They ended the movie with a setup for the Young Avengers instead of an actual emotional climax that has anything to do with the actual themes of the movie. I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, the whole thing just feels forced? like... Yeah, it feels like they had a movie and that they had something to say. And then Kevin Faggy was like, no, no, guys, we have we have things to set up here. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, okay. I, I don't know. This movie has got the lowest domestic previews of any MCU movie ever. I think 6.6 .6 million in domestic previews. Is, yeah. I don't think this movie is going to do very well. I think it's going to flop. And that's not looking too good for Marvel. Will, will, like, will Marvel realize what they're doing to these films and TV shows? They need to really work it out because what Loki's doing right now, do that. Do yes. exactly what yes. he's doing. Do that. Please, just learn yes. from something that was really good. Hear from the audiences. Hear from something that people worked inside the films, like visual effects artists or writers or something like that, to really shape the film to like, hey, can you let me do something to hear from the audiences or make it really emotional or personal or something like that? Yes. Come Have on. a plan. Take the time to set up the emotional beats and explore them thoroughly. Don't be afraid to take a break Do from not the rush action. It, man. Just don't rush yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Don't rush it. A lot of these things are what people have been striking over. I mean, hey, the actor strikes are over. Fantastic. But also, this is what it was all about. The fact that they are just kind of treating actors as commodities. And also, writers, they're helming entire TV shows with just one writer. Like, there's no writer's room. And you're cutting off all of these projects at the knees before they even have a chance to walk. And we haven't even talked about the post credit scene yet oh the post um, oh not this <laughs> <laughs> we we i always notice when we do mcu stuff we rarely talk about the post credit scenes but i feel like we have to for this uh, x-men woo x-men yeah again deadpool 3 it's going to be a cameo fest it's going to be a comedy film but just cameo fest and it's going to be set up for secret wars that's going to take away what deadpool is in x-men this is like a warning for me. Like, I, yes, I'm like, I've heard rumors before going to see Captain Marvel. Like, oh, okay, Beast, sure. Let's see what it's like. And when you see Beast. Oh my God. No, no. I died inside. No. Oh, I died right. inside. You're right. This is a warning. This is the most oh, just no. 
soulless thing. We we arrive in what is essentially like it, it looks like the same hallways as like the Fox X-Men movies. So we're led to assume that's where we are right now, where Monica is. And when you see Beast, instead of the beautiful prosthetics that we have seen throughout the Fox X-Men movies that really really hold up you know every single time we see beast he looks amazing no this time he's cgi and it just loses all of that soul and all of that craft and then you start to think about like what happens when fantastic four is in the mcu we're gonna see a cgi thing instead of a practical thing how far are they gonna go with this like what about nightcrawler are they gonna make nightcrawler oh, cgi no, like no, the whole thing i love the x-men so deeply i think that the x-men universe is fantastic its best movies are better than the mcu's best movies yeah it's fantastic and here we are this is broken this is it's gonna absolutely be broken me i'm just like like, I love the X-Men films so much. They have a lot of heart. They have really interesting concepts and just really explosive new, apart from the newer ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But In I'd past... rather take that. I'd rather take that. I'd rather take Dark Phoenix, which is a terrible movie, but at least, at least it's not trying to get audiences back on board through cameos and through all these things that are just basically... At least it tried to do something. It yeah, did, it was at least continuing something. the story with the characters that it had and trying to elicit emotions without being like, hey, remember this, remember that? It's like the most recent trailer for the Marvels was just trying to get people back on board using clips from Endgame and, you know, like teases and, and they, they reveal like, like the Valkyrie cameo. From Avengers, like, it's just nostalgia bait at this point. It's just nostalgia bait to bring back like, oh, it, you know, these characters and now Beast, who's just this CGI monstrosity that I think that was just quickly just visual effects did that and just like paste yes. it. Yeah, it, I agree. It. Like they couldn't yeah. get Kelsey Grammer on set and they were like, boom, we'll just we'll CGI in. We're in trouble. Marvel is we're, in trouble yeah. right now. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm very because concerned. Because the, the projects like Guardians 3, the projects like Loki <sighs> Season 2, they are in the minority and the majority is more of what we're getting in the Marvels and that's just not good. They're not letting anyone cook. I'm sorry, <laughs> not letting anyone cook. With like... Nia DaCosta should have been allowed to cook in this movie, and she I just don't think she was. I can't blame her because oh, it feels but... like a problem with the studio, not a problem with the creatives. Yeah, it's it's not her. It's just this really massive studio interference, like Zack Snyder with his problem with this, you know, trying to create his DC universe, and then that got interfered by the studios. I think she's a brilliant director. From her interviews about like where she got the inspirations for this film, it was largely from video games that I really like. She talked about Last of Us. She talked about some of the Final Fantasy games. There was one that was called Final Fantasy Advent. I don't know what's the full title for that, but when I saw cutscenes of that, I was like, yeah, this is really inspiration for that because there's some crazy things that happen in Final Fantasy and some really good action scenes as well. And I can tell that she really wanted to do something with this film, but then it's studio interference. And she had to leave the project yeah. because she had to do another film and she was allowed to leave for that. But then the film was kept getting delayed and she needed to work on her other film as well. So, yeah. Yeah, they should have let her cook. What are you going to give the Marvels out of 10? I'm going to give it a four. Okay, yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you are listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we're going to be doing Loki Season 2, which, contrary to what we've been saying in this video, is actually some really good Marvel stuff. So that's really exciting. And you can send us an email at outtimefilmpod.gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Loki Season 2 and ask us any questions, and we're going to answer it right here on the podcast next week.
Yes, and you can follow us on Instagram at Out of Time Film Pod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zane Asvel, on Twitter for more thoughts from Tom, and TikTok to see edited clips, which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find links to that all in the description below. Thanks for L. James Mayer for this excellent theme, and Ronan Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. Boom, he did it. Fantastic. Hey, hey. Woo! Woo! Yeah, good baby. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to finally talk about some good MCU next week. Ah, uh, Loki. Yes, let's do that. I'm really excited to talk about that. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.